Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Stu Jackson on Finding Human. And my guest today is Classy Bessels. And Classy is a favorite of mine and a favorite of so many of yours. And I love having him on the program. And our topic today is healing in a pandemic. Um, Classy, just let me tell people a, a bit about you. Classy is a diplomat of, of uh, logotherapy. He's an internationally qualified educator in, in uh, logotherapy. He's a leadership coach, an executive business coach. He does coaching and mentoring on a personal um, reinvention level as well. He works with Tibetans. He was a, a business director, so he comes with that knowledge as well. And he's a director of Street School Journeys of Discovery. And welcome, Classy. Have I left anything out? Hi, Sue. You're always so kind. It's so great to be here. Good morning. Nice to nice to be chatting again. You know what I actually wanted to add there, talking about chatting again? If any of you would like to listen to Classy when he's not on radio, please go onto podcasts under Classy Vessels. You'll see some amazing um, work of his. The one that he's just brought out is Inoculate Yourself in a, um, with Optimism. And uh, actually, I love that. I saw it was on LinkedIn as well. Very good, yeah. Classy. Hello, how are you Hi. today? Good, good, good. Thank you, Sue. It's so great to be here. Lovely. We're sitting here on the Skype call and I'm looking at your face, which is so much nicer than looking at a, at a just a static icon. Nice to be seeing you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's so nice to see yeah. you as well. I actually want to thank Bussy and Craig for letting us go onto video and also for always keeping us on air. If anyone would like to send us any messages, please do so on an SMS 34519 or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. At the moment in this pandemic, I think the main questions which so often come up are existential questions. Why are we here? What is the purpose of what is going on in the world at the moment? What does life actually mean? What is your opinion of that, class? Sure, Sue, so, you know, as I was preparing for our talk today, um, I thought, you know, um, we are all so different. Um, and I, I came up with this thought of, in terms of mental, mental, mental strength and, and to be able to navigate and make sense of our existential questions, I almost feel like um, in the same way we would walk through a, uh, a discam with aisles of medicines and and stuff that we can <laughs> put in our little shopping basket to to help us, you know, become better or nicer or less less painful or whatever. There there can be a mental um, sort of a, a shop. I mean, there's so many different uh, tools and and philosophies and approaches and useful things that we can grasp to give us the mental strength and, and psychic health and, and so forth. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm actually in my, 
you know, as, as a pastime, I'm working through some, some old debates on Socrates and Descartes. And, 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 and as I work through that material, I just realized there's so, there's so much we don't know. You know, we think we, we have this magic silver bullet and this one thing that's going to solve everything. But there is no such thing. You know, different things work for different people. And both of us are great fans of Viktor Frankl, and I absolutely adore his writing and his philosophy, and it absolutely works for me. Um, but there may be other things that are useful for other people, different styles, you know. So in, in having one answer to that uh, question of how do we make sense of this pandemic and how do we get through this um, bouncing up against on our toes, so to speak, there is no just one thing. You know, there may be many different approaches that work for different people in different ways. Just as everyone has different challenges and um, and therefore they have to find their own way forward. We're just going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Sue Jackson and I'm back with Classy Vessels and we were talking about their many ways. I suppose we can say the many ways and many paths to the same mountain top, Classy. There are many ways to healing, to finding our own way forward. And I know the Stoics say that the obstacle is the way. And you are a scholar of the Stoics and of uh, Ikigai. So tell me a bit about what Ikigai would say about healing ourselves in this pandemic. So, um, Sue, I, I also thought for today, you know, when we have these chats, um, we are always very philosophical and we kind. And I'm not suggesting I'm not going to be kind, uh, but this is not this is not therapy. We're not in a therapy session. So. I thought um, maybe today I'm going to be a little bit harsher in how I come across. And before I might come across as being arrogant, I'm actually speaking to myself here. You know, I am very much listening to what I'm saying. So I'm, it's not as if I'm preaching to anybody here. But COVID, I think in a way, for me, has was a huge wake-up call. We, you know, when the going is good, we it, we don't think you know we 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 carry on and we roll forward and we don't pay attention to much, but when when the going gets bad, that's when we start questioning things in in a, in a deep way. And in a way, COVID has exposed how fragile my mind is and how susceptible I am to. Uh, to, to, to thinking all over the place, you know, that, that drunken monkey stung by a scorpion kind of, kind of thinking that just runs havoc. And I want to, I want to actually start with a quote by Socrates. You know, the most famous quote we, we all know, um, an unexamined life is not worth living. But I came across an interpretation that says that is may not be true. And it's not, it's, it's a, um, there was this professor who went back to, to the original Greek and biotos means to be lived. So what actually Socrates may have said was an unexamined life is not to be lived, which is very different from an unexamined life is not worth living. So what it means with that is that to, 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 we need to create insurance for ourselves. We need to analyze our lives and analyze ourselves to create insurance and to create a robustness so that when a thing like COVID come, that we are able to stand up. 
and I'm I'm slowly easing into something. For me, that one of the one of the most important stepping stones in a process to healing is this thing called acceptance, which we've all heard before. But again, and I'm being a bit harsh here, so often we accept something that has happened to us, but we make a monument of it. We make we create we, we make martyrs of ourselves on this on this fire of of suffering that we've got and we get stuck there actually we don't move on so acceptance does not mean you have moved on somebody may accept a bad thing that have happened or a bad situation and cling to it so tightly that they don't actually move on to it you know the whole thing of knowing knowing myself the only usefulness in knowing myself is to get over myself and to move on and to transcend and so often we think we've accepted a, a, a bad card that was dealt to us, but we actually haven't because we're clinging to it. So in the process of healing, accepting it and letting it, it's, it's like a suitcase that you leave behind to move on because you cannot start, a, 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 and, and, and I mean, I mean I'm, we're talking in philosophical terms here, but the first thing I just want to put on the table is this, we must understand what we actually mean by acceptance. Um, and, and for me, leaving it, is, is is as much part of, as as much as important as recognizing it. You know, it's so interesting that you should say that because it's almost like becoming a victim to the circumstances. And I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she was saying that she's become comfortable in in not going out, and she's almost become comfortable uh, with her own space, but. Uh, it, well, it's not actually being comfortable. It's almost giving into this time. It's giving into what this time is actually asking of us, which is, I mean, it's saying, she is saying, I've, I've actually accepted it. But in that acceptance, there is defeat. They're saying, I can't get out of this, so I might as well just accept it. Instead of actually looking at all our choices that we do have within this. You know, Confucius said, our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Mm. So powerful. So powerful. So powerful. Mm. And I see uh, Craig is just sending me a message to go to another ad break. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Classy Vessels. And our topic is healing in a pandemic. And Classy was saying there's so many ways to healing and we have to understand what is acceptance and what is our, our actually task here. What is life asking of us really? I'm back with you, Classy. Uh, so yes, you point out the demand quality of uh, of life. Um, uh, you know, Frankel is is uh, one of the things he teaches us that uh, life is a taskmaster, and we are forever confronted with decisions. We we maybe um, you know we 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 are never free from from any kind of obligation. Uh, we we are always free to decide how we uh, respond in a situation, but we're never free from. Um, but you know that I, I just want to take a step back. What precedes that um, that demand quality for me is the, one of the existential realities that life is life is hard sometimes. Life always have you know. Uh, uh, Frankel points out uh, what he calls uh, pain, death, and guilt um, as as he he he, he summarizes 
the 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 demand nature of life uh, in those three spheres and then you know if we can if we can just you know your show is very busy so i'm going to jump quickly to to what he calls tragic optimism you know the 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 faculties of of or, or the, the the concepts of love faith and hope um that that to navigate through this something like the pandemic and to heal that how do we how do we almost as a tool employ love hope and faith and each of them uh, you know, we can spend a show just talking about each of them. Uh, I just want to hone in here on faith, and and, and I'm deliberately going to focus on 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 the faith, on the concept of faith in your own agency, not faith. I'm not referring deliberately, not referring to faith in a greater God or a greater being here, because so not so often, but sometimes people abdicate responsibility um, to God, and they they sit on their hands. I'm, I'm sorry, I. I I said this is not therapy and I'm going to be a bit harsh and <laughs> so I don't mean it disrespectfully but sometimes people just throw their hands in the air and like you know uh, in Afrikaans we, we have a saying laat gods water oor gods akker loop which means let the water just flows I'm not I can't do anything about it so I'm <laughs> going to literally focus here on faith in your own agency and Elizabeth Lucas one of the great scholars of, of logotherapy uh, identifies four Four aspects, which I think is so useful in a time like this. And the first one is nothing is predetermined. It is not predetermined. The concept of pandeterminism, that everything has already been decided. Yeah, some things may have been decided, but there are things that have not been decided. And she brings in here, and Frankel brings in here, the tension between fate and freedom. I mean, we spoke about freedom when we started. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yes, it may be a matter of fate. But sometimes we have the freedom and our conscience will never let go. That nagging feeling, that, that noetic tension that Frankl refers to, that spiritual tension, which is a good thing, is nudging us forward to say, you know what? It doesn't have to be like this. So often our minds can convince us. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we, and what we said earlier, we, we can fall into a delusion where we, where we convince ourselves of something and we actually believe it. But it's, it may be rubbish because we haven't opened our connection to the conscience to say, I have the freedom to make a call. And this is not working for me. You know, this on freedom, can you imagine the freedom we work in today? As I said, I was just, you know, studying Socrates a little bit earlier. The, 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 the freedom they had, they didn't have freedom of speech. I mean, we have, okay, okay so they are aspects of freedom of speech that uh, that is limited today but the freedom we have today we have such freedom that there are people who actually have uh, you know changed their sexual persuasion that is the level of freedom that we have today and they're not being burnt at the stake you know like six eight hundred years ago so we have immense freedom today but paradoxically we have immense responsibility to I was going to say, it comes with responsibility, absolutely, very definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just highlighted this thing of called pan-determinism, that, that the, the tension between fate and freedom. Um, it, 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 things haven't been decided. You know, it's not already decided. Some things, yes, but maybe not all of it. The second uh, aspect I want to touch on here is what is called psychologism, meaning that you are not your thoughts. You know, you, you, you have thoughts. And you have emotions, but they are almost, and I'm going to use this deliberately, they are almost objects 
of your being. They are not you. It is something that you have, suggesting that they can be changed. They can be manipulated. They can be strengthened. You know, often we have opinions of ourselves and we believe and we, you know, we refer to them as self-limiting beliefs. And we often believe those things. But it, it's not always true. You know, we, 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 we have the ability to stand back and, and in, in, in the spirit we are intact in, in, in a, um, you know, we, 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 are not, we are not clouded by, by these doubts and thoughts and things that flows by, past us like a river every day that we gobble up as this is the way I am. You know, we must, um, uh, one of the earliest philosophers also referred to a general demolition of my opinions, which I thought is such a cool thought, a general Absolutely. demolition of my opinions <laughs> in order to come out fresh, you know. Wow. <laughs> so we've really got to break down and really look at the core. And, um, you know, uh, I was on my bicycle, my exercise um, bicycle yesterday. And, you know, it's one of those step machine things. And I closed my eyes, which was a mistake, because suddenly I felt myself falling backwards. So I opened my eyes, and I wasn't. I was still upright, but it was my perception of falling backwards that stopped me in my tracks immediately. And it made me really think philosophically about life as well, as you're saying. You know that you talk about a helicopter view of looking down at life as well. And I suddenly stopped and I thought to myself, wow, this perception was so wrong. Now, where else am I looking at my life and seeing it from a perception of actually this is not the truth. This is what I am pretending is the truth for my own sake to protect myself from whatever or from to protect myself from moving forward. So, I mean, you know, it came as a shock to tell you the truth, Klausi. I see you yeah. laughing, but it came yeah. as, a, as a shock. I, I thank you. That is such a relevant um, uh, a story that you told me there because I, I was wondering how to, to bring in the, the body, the somatic. And, and here you've shown how a physical experience brought you to a deep insight and actually opened up a spiritual moment. And I think so often people ignore the body. They, they don't go for a, a case. And it's not, we don't all have to jump off mountains and scale cliffs and, and run marathons. It can be a walk. It can be a gentle, and the, the, in, in the philosophy of Ikigai, they call it uh, move naturally. So it, 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 there, here you have done two things. You have shown the integration between the body and the spirit. And you have brought in beautifully doubt. And we don't often doubt. You know, uncertainty can be a very tough thing. But doubt can be very, very, very useful. Because it actually may lead us into a, into a higher plane, into a better place if we doubt sometimes our, our own thinking. Mm. And I think doubt actually opens us to to questioning and you know um, Frankel talks about existential barriers and he said that we uh, we all have existential barriers in our lives as a result of the need to try to understand or to avoid suffering or to avoid actually facing our responsibilities and I think that part of what we are actually needing to dis discuss at the moment, especially going into the second year of COVID, 
when some some of us are getting too comfortable in this space of of okay so this is what's required of us i'll just hang on until it's over but in actual fact that is part of our existential barrier that we're putting up for ourselves of not moving forward of being too comfortable yeah, you, you know, absolutely, Sue. And I, I want to come to an old hobby horse of mine, which, which I really, it just, I mean, it, it's, you know, I cannot take myself out of this conversation. So, although we're talking about the wisdom of Frankel, you know, I'm in this conversation, so I'm going to add in my own personal things and legacy for me. And, 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 and so, legacy on the one hand. So now we, I've now jumped to how do we navigate. Forward, you know. Sometimes we don't need a map. We need a we need a compass. There's a difference. A map mm. suggests I have a, a a preset guide. A compass is something much more powerful. That is an inner. It's an inner knowing. You know, I'm using the compass. You know, the spiritual compass in, in, as a metaphor. Um, and 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 a legacy that I want to leave anybody listening. You know, the, what legacy are you? building are you creating what stories are you telling by how you live your life and what of those stories and what part of that legacy is meaningful because meaning is that thing that makes everything worthwhile Mm -hmm. that can turn a, a, a useless suffering and a wasteful suffering and a masochistic just pain into something that stands for something, you know. That, so, so the moment we have meaning. So, so what I'm suggesting here is that that navigating and it's not pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, but by by visualizing the legacy that I'm building for myself. Where am I going? What story do I want to tell myself five years from now when COVID will be different and this whole situation will be different? We may still have pestilence around us, like we had two thousand years ago. But what am I gonna, what story am I gonna tell for myself? And how do I make it count? How do I make it useful? You know, how do I not be wasteful with, uh, with this gift of life that I, that I have? And there's a huge responsibility that comes with that. It's not just the responsibility of ourselves, of the story that we are creating, but it's the story that's gonna live on after us, or live on with us even, because mm. I do believe that we, we impact whoever comes into our lives, either mm. negatively or positively. So within the story that we are busy creating right now, we can actually understand how other people are feeling. We can allow them to actually see what our coping mechanisms are or what they aren't and what they choose to be. So what is it that we choose to actually put out there? What Absolutely. is it that we choose to have Within us, it has to be authentic. Mm, and absolutely. I must admit, if I sound quite forceful on that, I am, because I'm so sick of hearing people uh, coming with this inauthentic um, Pollyanna story of everything will be fine and, you know, it's, it's up to you to make it fine. Mm. Life doesn't work like that. Mm. Life, as you say, asks us all the time the demand quality of who are you right now and who do you want to be and understanding that we are not alone. We mm. are actually interconnected with an outer world as well. Mm. You know, you, you bring in a, a, a very interesting um, thought that came out of the Stoics. 
Um, Marcus Aurelius apparently referred to this as the third thing, meaning we something needs to be done, and we do it, and then we we expect a pat on the back. You know, often there is that um, that that triangle where. We, you know, we do something because it needs to be done. We, you know, we do it well, and then we, 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 we wait for positive feedback, which is, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, but he suggests that we must forget about the third thing. We must do something because it's the right thing to do, and get on with it, regardless. And you know, I, it, it may sound like I'm, like, like I'm, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but life is all relationships. It's an echo. Life is absolutely an echo. Whether it's me talking to another person or doing something in work, we, we cannot navigate through life without some kind of transactional interaction. Mm-hmm. And the way in which we transact, and, and it, it sounds very, uh, you know, very uh, mechanical here, but that is, that's how the rubber hits the road. We stand up, we talk to people on the phone, we, 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 we write something, we send an email. That is an interaction and how we do it, the, the, the responsibility that we put in that not to do it for the third thing, to get approval, to get somebody's, you know, tick mark something, but to do it because it's the right thing to do and get on with it, regardless of the feedback and the repercussions. And I'm, and I'm suggesting that, you know, we do it, you know, from a strong moral foundation, you know, for, you know, obviously we, we, we suggesting that we do things the right way here. Um, you, you know, also, sorry, can I, I, I'm rambling on here a little bit. No, but no, I'm we, not when, my head at you. When, when we spoke, spoke of hope, so, you know, and I, I sometimes hope blindly, you know, just like I'm just hoping, you know, with some, some with nothing really be, behind it or underneath it. And that is, it, it's, yeah, you know, we have to have that hope. But it's, if you think of it, if you analyze it, it's not really very stable, that hope. That hope is not built on anything. And I, 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 would, I prefer to think that if, if I hope for something with the premise that it was worth my efforts. You know, Frankel said that true sacrifice is having sacrificed in vain. If I do something because it's worth it, it and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it hoping, well, it is hope, but knowing, actually, not hoping, but knowing that even if I don't make the finish line, even if I don't, even if this is not a success, it was worth my efforts because I did it for the right reasons, whatever that may be. That kind of hope then can run. It can, it will last because it is fueled by, um, by, by meaning. You know, it's, it's fueled by knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm down this path you know, I don't know if I'm going to come through COVID, but and, and how my business will look like when I get through this. But you know what? I'm going to do my work every day because it's the right job. I'm doing it the right way. I'm following the right steps for now. And then my hope, you know, is sort of uh, couched, uh, 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 you know, in, in a more solid foundation. Very definitely. Because Franco mentioned um, that one person who had said that they were going to be out of the camp at a certain date. And that was hope. And that's what kept him alive. The date came and it went. And of course, they were not liberated. And that was his hope, liberation. So what happened? He died the next day. 
or a day or two later. So hope cannot be built on the foundation that it's got a, a limited time or a set time. You know, we, we have to open ourselves to a hope that's actually a vision of our future that is much greater than just built on on a, a flimsy hope of something coming to an end. And I think that's very much where we are at the moment with COVID, is Absolutely. that um, we we are almost going into this existential void of, of mm. thinking, well, you know, there is nothing else. I mean, mm. this is it. We're going to be living with this now. Yuval Harari actually says, instead of thinking that this is a hopeless situation, see it as something amazing that has happened to humankind because we have a vaccination. With all the other pandemics that have come before, we haven't had science behind us. So rather look at it as, well, what science is going to come up with next that is going to help us cope with what we're going through now? This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Classy Vessels. And we're going to a quick YouTube, and then I've got a couple of uh, messages that have come through. The YouTube is by Simon Sinek. It's only about two minutes. It's on optimism and positivity. One of the things um, which I preach, as everybody knows, is about being optimistic. Um, this is different from being positive. Um, and it's definitely not naive. A lot of people think that optimism is naive. It's not. Optimism is not the denial of reality. Um, and positivity is about saying things are good even when they're not. So like, everything's fine here, nothing to see here, everything's good, everything's good, we're good. That's positivity. We don't need positivity right now. Optimism is the belief that the future is positive. We are going through a hard time now. Times are tough, they're rough, they're dark, but we will get through this. Together, that's what optimism sounds like. It is not the denial of, of, of what is. It is not uh, uh, pretending that things aren't good. It is simply the fundamental belief that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we are heading towards that light. Um, so be optimistic. We will get through this together. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Talk to you soon. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Classy Vessels. And Classy, we've got two very nice uh, messages that have just come through. Just let me just pick them up. The one comes through from Judy Irwig from Australia. Classy and Sue, I'm so enjoying this riveting program. Your wisdom and insights are so beautifully and meaningfully expressed and really appreciated. It does go on, but it's not... Please come for dinner so we can chat more. <laughs> That's to Australia. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then this one comes in from Pan Paniotti. She says, wow, I'm enjoying you and Classy so much. Thank you for a wonderful show. I think it's one to listen to over and over. Thank you, Judy, and thank you, Pan. Right, I'm back with you, Classy. Tell me what you thought about optimism, um, and positivity. Oh, Simon is always, always such a great, I'm also a great fan of Simon Sinek. Um, he's got a, a beautiful way of, of simplifying, um, you know, sometimes, you know, very um, vague concepts. Um, but I, I, I want to link that um, with uh, something that John Kabat-Zinn, you know, the great um, Western mindfulness expert, um, he's got this quote where he says, we only have seconds to live. 
um, we, which if we really think about it now, we talk about optimism and we, we think about next year and getting through COVID and, you know, our mental projection is way into the future. But that's all concept. It's all just thoughts. It's all, it doesn't exist. It's not real. The only thing that's real, it's now sitting 1044 and I'm sitting uh, talking into a laptop looking at Sue. This is real. This is, this is the seconds that I have to live because I cannot live tomorrow. I cannot live yesterday. You know, we all know it. Intellectually, we know it. But to practice it, to actually realize that I only have seconds, these seconds to live and to walk through these seconds in such a way that is befitting my moral compass is that is that is that is that's how we have to roll. Otherwise, we're going to live be next to ourselves. We're going to live, live be beside ourselves and not actually in our own bodies in our own moment. So I want to we, we're coming almost to the end of the show. And, you know, the beauty of logotherapy is that it has self it teaches us self curative powers and if it's okay with you i just want to touch on on six or seven self-curative powers that logotherapy tells us that we can go and and heal ourselves because after all the the theme of this conversation is how to heal in a in a pandemic pandemic. in a pandemic yeah so the first one i want to point out is the defiancy of the human spirit the fact that we can stand up and say enough and we can say that to our own thoughts we can say it to habits that we have. We can say it to a business situation that we're in. We can say it to a life, whatever. We, we have that defiant power to say enough. And there are examples of people who have expressed defiancy. And we all, you know, we, we think um, people who, like some of the Tibetans, you know, who self-immolate and burn themselves uh, for, for the sake of, of their freedom, um, you know, it's in, it, 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 it's, it, it takes a special human to do that. It, perhaps it does, but we all have that ability. If we really, I mean, all the parents will know that they will walk through broken glass for their kids. So we have a, a defined power. That's the first one. The second one is the self-distancing. You know, we can, not unlike an animal, we can stand away from the car. We can look at ourselves from a distance and bring in the doubt that you were referring to earlier and say, you know what? Maybe this is not the, maybe my thoughts are wrong. Maybe it, maybe, you know, and we can actually from a distance have an objective view about what's going on here in order to make not an emotional call, but a slightly more rational objective call on how to navigate forward. Um, the, 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 another one I want to just point out is a reorientation towards meaning. We are able to find meaning in the seemingly most desperate situations. Frankl's philosophy is not, he is not saying suffering is good. He is saying meaning exists despite suffering. It is not a philosophy of suffering. It is a philosophy saying to us that meaning exists regardless of good times or bad times. It exists, you know, objectively it's there. Um, so we can find hope in reorientating ourselves. If the day looks desperate, just knowing that it is able, that I'm able to reorientate to what is meaningful is a baby step towards, um, you know, self, self curative methods. Uh, attitude modulation. Now, attitude modulation is, is another, uh, you know, it's, it's changing attitudes. You know, often when I talk to people about logotherapy, I would say to them, you know, we, we don't deal in behavior. Behavior is like the money will fall in the till. If you do the right things, the cash will, you know, the cash will fall in the till. So behavior will look after itself 
if the attitude is right. But how to change attitudes? You know, that and is a, that what, is a, a yeah. Sorry, and, and, it's what Lucas calls formation of attitudes. Okay, so go on with that, with that, the formation uh, of attitudes. Uh, 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 Absolutely. Just so, without you know, going into the detail, because we might not have enough time for that. But, but the fact that my attitudes can change. I mean, we we are as 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 humans, we are so versatile. We are we are so capable. We have such creative power. We have the ability to pivot and to reorientate. And we just need to get out of our own heads sometimes. I mean, we're talking about philosophy here, which suggests it's all in our head. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> If you know, or, or, you know, when you think of the question, what is the meaning of what is the meaning of life? Question. So imagine this: what is the meaning of life? Question mark. And you flip that, and you write what exclamation mark is the meaning of life, suggesting action, 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 action. And and I mean, Frankel was fond of the mountains. You, you had the example of sitting on the exercise bike there, where action, physical action, taking a step, doing something, you know, recognizing that life is an echo. I need to put myself out there, engage. I'm going to get something back. Then you start the process. So, so part of this healing process is very much action, taking action, doing something. And we're just going to break again. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Classy, as you say, our time always begins to run out. We've got another lovely message. Fascinating program. Thank you so much. Um, these are coming through my phone. What I would like to actually uh, just speak about now, you're leaving for Nepal soon. Tell me about that while we have time. <laughs> yes, Sue. Um, part of what I do um, is, is taking people on uh, experiential and mindfulness journeys to India and Nepal. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so on the 1st of April, we, we 15 people, can you believe it, from South Gosh. Africa, we're flying, flying to Nepal to trek to Everest Base Camp. So... Um, Although it's a, it, it's, it sounds like an external journey. Yeah, we're gonna, and it is, it is very much an external journey. We walk to base camp and it's very hard. <laughs> um, um, but it's also an internal journey, very much an internal journey. So, you know, there's a, years ago when I was still in advertising, there was an advertising line for Alaskan Air, which said, once you've been to Alaska, you don't come all the way back. And I stole that line and I'm using it when I tell people about the Himalayas. Once you've been to the Himalayas, you don't come all the way back. And um, so this journey that we that we um, going on to Nepal, um, it's it's you know although it's a physical journey, um, you know it's it's very much a, a, a spiritual journey. You know people are going to be grappling with they're going to be confronted um, with 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 different ways of thinking. They're going to be fronted on a spiritual level. So it's a it's an internal journey that is as profound as the external. So yeah, I'm very excited it's about that. That's wonderful, and the fact that you're actually going during this time. I mean, last year you had to cancel all your, all your trips. Yeah, so. thank goodness. Yeah, five of the people who couldn't go last year when we had to cancel, they rolled forward and, and are joining this trip. And then there's oh. uh, seven new people that jumped on board. I think, um, I think for them, it, look, each of them are going for different reasons. Uh, some are dealing with, you know, with with death, uh, with with big questions about career changes um, or career futures, you know. So there's 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 some big agendas, personal agendas on why they're on this trip. Uh, but I think they they 
each in their own way have thought, you know what, I'm going to do this thing regardless of COVID or, or not. I, I, I have to, you know, have to move forward and, and still, you know, live my life as, as much as I possibly can. That takes a lot of courage. Lot yeah, of there is. Yes, yes. Uh, there, there, uh, there, there is some uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. You know that you say that some people have booked for last year and are going this year. I saw this little quote the other day. I don't even know who wrote it. It said, "Progress is dancing to the same song that I used to cry to." Ah, that sounds that like growth. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Craig is saying, "Wrap up, please." You know, if you've enjoyed listening to Classy now, I would really suggest that you look him up on Google or Safari and you'll see his podcasts. They are really fascinating. I love listening to them. Classy, I would like you to come back after you've been on your, your base, your yes, Everest climb yes. and tell us about the freedom of climbing and the yeah. exertion of climbing, but what actually comes out of it at the end. And how you all grow, you included. Well, how would you like to to end? Absolutely, absolutely. No, no. I just uh, Sue, just thank you. I'm 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 healthy. Personally speaking, for myself, um, you know, your listeners take care. You know, look after yourselves, uh, but keep on living. Keep on living. Shake it. Shake it up. Shake it up. <laughs> I love that. And you know, Joseph Campbell said, opportunities to find deeper powers within ourselves. Come when life seems most challenging. So what I would like to leave with the thought today that let's look at our challenges. Let's realize that they are here for us to search deeper. And some people are having much harder challenges than others. Let's look at them. Let's look at the world with sympathy and care and concern for each other at the moment. Thank you so much for for being on my program, Classy. I will speak to you shortly.